Hello and welcome to episode four of Everything Left. Joining me this week, we have Addy. Hello. And we have Han. Hi. We're also going to be intermittently joined by Richard, who's listening in on Han's side of the conversation. I will try to keep my mouth shut if anything is interesting and exciting and I feel I have anything to say. You can, you can, be, the, you can be the laugh track. Anyway, thank you everyone for joining us. It's good to be back here. Yeah, we missed you last time, Addy. So, following up on something we spoke about in episode two, we spoke about the rise of racism in the UK because of the referendum. And I found an article on Sky News from the European Commission Against Racism Intolerance that says Brexit seems to have led to a further rise in anti-foreigner sentiment and that it's being perpetuated by both the press and politicians. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, this is totally just a bit of uh, backslapping, but yeah, we were completely right about what we said. (laughs) (laughs) It seems that... that the media creates panic and fear and hate of other people? No, not at all, because fear and hate sell. Obviously, that's that's how they manipulate people. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that someone like the EU themselves have turned around and said, yes, it's on the rise, and it's because of your politicians and your press. I, it's a, I think it's a good thing. It's not just people talking about it's it. It's calling the people out. Yeah. And actually, hopefully, it will force them to take responsibility for their actions. Yes, definitely. It, it takes it from just a couple of people on a podcast going, our government letting the racists run riot to, to someone quite serious turning around saying, actually, you fucked up, UK get your act together pretty sure i've been saying that for years yes <laughs> yes but sometimes it needs an eu commission yeah i don't have power at least not that much it's okay though hannah it's, we don't have to listen to the eu commission once we leave so it's all fine yes yeah that's the, yeah that's absolutely fine we can we can turn around and go well you're just saying that because we don't love you anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's definitely the bitter x syndrome that is oh absolutely I'm pretty sure the EU is like the least devastated ex ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The EU is like, you're leaving me? Oh no. The EU is just putting all the British stuff in a pile and making a giant bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> Booze! S'mores! And then hiring the best divorce lawyers on the planet to properly fuck us when we leave. And we're so deluded we think we're going to get a good deal when all of the negotiators are from the EU. Hooray! Hooray! Can't wait for next year! Hooray! Oh, you guys are so adorably delusional. Not all of us. No, not all of you, but and by you guys I do mean the British population because obviously you two are not the actual indication of what a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Some people, not all people. So, you know, oh, the British are adorable and the fact that they think the world gives a rat's ass about them. <laughs> well, to be fair... We did used to own half of it. Yes, that's why half the world does not care about it. I just made made like basically a pro-colonial argument. I'm not pro-colonization, just in case (laughs) anyone worries. It's like the world is literally willing to go take down their pants and piss all over you. (laughs) Well, but also, to be fair, we did go around the world basically pissing on things and saying, now it's ours. Yes. And even now, you go to the British Museum 
And they and these countries go, can we have this back piece that you so blatantly stole? No, no, we're still looking at it. You can come and see it. We're still we're looking at it. Back. And then you and then you know we wonder why everyone's like Britain, fuck you. I'm just imagining Britain as a huge cat that walked all over half of the world, just rubbing its ears. Yeah, just fucking everywhere. And at some point, the world was just whipped out a bottle of water and sprayed it all over you guys just, yeah, just, just bleached and went no this does not belong to you just because you say it does just fuck off you freaking cat <laughs> i would like to apologize to cat everywhere i did not mean to offend you yeah cat shouldn't be lumped together with with the english <laughs> it was just an easy analogy it was. It was a good analogy, though. I've got another story for us. Okay. I've decided, following up from episode three, Han, yep. and now this, I'm starting to develop a new feature. Okay. Give Han a headline from the tabloids yeah, and let her go. To something via the Daily Mail. And I clicked on it and then realised that I'd clicked on the Daily Mail. And I, and I don't think I'm getting laid tonight now. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I saw the headline, I went, fuck this, went to Google, found the Guardian article of the same yes. about the same story, <laughs> and thought, hey, let's do a really interesting comparison about what the Daily Mail says about something versus what the Guardian says about something. Yeah, well, that's, that's one of the reasons I picked this up, is because of not just the story itself, but the way the story is being told, because it's, it's quite different depending on mm-hmm. where you look at it. And even the person who it's about has turned around and said, I never said what the Daily Mail is saying. So it's a bit questionable. Isn't comparing the Daily Mail and the Guardian, isn't that comparing, like, uh, kids news show and a regular news show? I'd say it's more like comparing a regular news show with a news show written by really old, hateful people who don't want to see anyone outside of their daycare room. Okay. I mean, let's, I mean, let's be fair. I mean, neither of these papers are centrist. Daily Mail is right-wing. The Guardian is left-wing. But one of the most insidious things about the Daily Mail is the type of language it uses. And that's very, very telling, is that it's the sort of words they use to describe what's going on in the two sides of the story. When, when you say that, I, I imagine that the Daily Mail just writes it as a um, fresh new story. It's hip. It's so happening. No, no, no. They, use, they use fear-mongering words. So the headline, BBC sacked me for being a white man, is the headline on the Daily Mail. And BBC presenter John Holmes claims he was sacked for being a white man is the headline on The Guardian. I would sack him for being a white man. Oh, it's like it a would thing. be a yeah. bit more violent, though. <laughs> or rather, I would hit him in the sack for being a white man. <laughs> I worry about you, Addy. You seem to have quite a lot of rage in you. I'm working on it. Why do you think I take part in shows like these? To get your rage out in a healthy way so you don't have to sack tap people. Sure, let's call it that. <laughs> okay, because if this is just feeding your anger so you go out and stab somebody, I'm not very comfortable with that, just for the record. Potentially and allegedly. Keep remembering those words. Yeah. What, what was it you said? As far as we are aware, you've never killed anyone. Yes. <laughs> Fills me with, you know, great um, <laughs> joy that you say that. I like the element of mystery. But I am never going to get, going to like really attempt to never get on your bad side. To begin with, it's a good philosophy for life. 
Never try and get on my bad side. Oh, never try and get on your bad side, okay. <laughs> it's a great philosophy for life. Many people really don't go with that philosophy, which is wrong. <laughs> which, is why which is why there's so many corpses buried in your back garden. Not in my back garden, I do have a dog. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant that your dog would, you, you fed your corpses to your dog, but you mean your dog would, would, would dig them up? Well, you know, one of the things about working with animals is I found out how much you can utilize animals to do different things that are considered a bit hard. Do you know anyone with a pig farm? No, but I do volunteer at a zoo. <laughs> with some With an pet. industrial meat grinder. <laughs> So, <laughs> looks you like know. the uh, Israeli police aren't listening to this podcast because they might be executing a search warrant for the meat grinder in the zoo tomorrow. Oh, please. The Israeli police doesn't know enough English to listen to this podcast. <laughs> if we're talking about anyone from the Israeli, like, uh, protection or, or uh, security personnel listening to this podcast would be either Shabak or it would be the army. And I'm way too dull for them because... <laughs> you just kill ordinary citizens. No, because, like, the, the army actually listens to people doing unspeakable things and then they're like, they feel so uncomfortable. And I'm imagining a, an 18-year-old geek who's never had a life outside of World of Warcraft listening to this and it's like they're talking about video games obviously with industrial meat growing does it yes it's all In it's zoos. all it's all a lie should we should we uh, get back to to poor old maligned John Holmes who didn't have his contract renewed and decided to be passively aggressively blame people other than himself the fact that you mentioned he didn't have his contract renewed it seems like the whole uh, Jeremy Clarkson thing mm. everyone turns around he's been fired John Holmes it's like yeah he's been fired no no he hasn't their contracts haven't been renewed it's not firing reporting it that way changes the story so completely. I kind of skimmed the Daily Mail article because I wanted to kind of like look at the quotes they'd chosen and stuff and I didn't actually see it specified that it was just you know saying saying he was sat is entirely different to saying your contract's up and we're going to go with somebody else. Yeah. And using the word like axing. Mm. Yeah it's, it's an incredibly inflammatory way of going about things but then do we expect any less from the Daily Mail? It's what they do. They incite hate all the time and this is just them going against diversity and trying to push the whole notion that having people of different genders and ethnicities and religions and backgrounds is bad it's taking away jobs from poor oppressed white men it's hurting the staunch christians and and the people who have been doing this for years and it's wrong because by putting someone in that role you're just ticking a box and it's destroying somebody else's life and it's it's just disgusting not only that they they spread those kind of views but that their their readers are that stupid that they believe that kind of stuff because it's pandering to their fears there is a significant section of white males who legitimately feel threatened by their way of life disappearing and you know it's completely pathetic but you know you look at like you know the MRAs and, although it's really funny I'm reading I'm re sorry tangent 
I'm reading some of the Mary Whitehouse archives at the moment. Do you remember that? I think you've got the book as well, Amy, Van This Film. Yeah. And she's part of a group called MRA. And <laughs> so I always confuse whether they're talking about men's rights activists or the campaign for moral rearmament, which was a like staunchly right wing Christian thing in the uh, 60s, 70s and 80s in this country, responsible for a lot of censorship of TV and movies. Oh, okay. So the usual. Has anyone ever saw that saying that when they're getting fired, someone's getting uh, axed is the most British thing to say? It's very Henry VIII. Is is axed a British idiom then? I don't know. I've never heard an American say it. I think it's very Henry VIII. Someone's done with you, so off goes your head. Yeah, because we also say get the chop, get the boot. Yeah, everybody says get the boot. Usually it ends with dumbass. Oh, I've made a terrible internet mistake. What have you done? I clicked on the comments section on the Daily Mail website. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's like, I know, I know it's bad, but I really need to see what's written in there. I couldn't resist it. I know that you want to do the, the Let's Wind Hannah section, but I do not. The comments on the Daily Mail, no. They, they are, they are, no. <laughs> Amy, do you want your therapists now or later? But you know that they screen comments on the Daily Mail, right? Yeah. There was, oh, I can't remember who it was now. It was a few years ago. Was the only the most racist yes a few years ago there was a there was a game with the loads of like left-wing comedians who were trying to see how left-wing they could make a comment on the daily mail before it got taken down really yeah they only let up the ones that agree with them oh my god oh please let that be oh no oh see if that was if that was sarcasm that would be brilliant hashtag white heterosexual working males lives matter yes yes Downtrodden section of society, seconded only by white heterosexual married couples, and that has got a total of 55 upvotes. I'm actually more and more appalled by your country every time. Do you want to be even more appalled, Eddie? I found one that's got more upvotes. Socialism, political correctness, and feminism, the root of all evil. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Did it include the word glitter right now? Can they spell hyperbole? Sorry, what are the three? Socialism, political correctness, and feminism are the root of all evil. So, like, basically we're just a trifecta. Here's another great one. I wonder what percentage of refugees have TV licences. Oh, fuck's sake. (laughs) This one has 96 likes on it. Let's diversify the licence fee so no British-born white person has to pay it. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) No, this is is genuine. These these are quotes. Wow, do you want to know the one that's got the, the most upvotes? Oh, yeah, go on. 6,586 people agreed. Racism is obviously rampant at the BBC. If 87.1% of the British population is white, why doesn't the BBC reflect that? Oh, my God. Wow. Just imagine if it was the other way around. The lefty outrage would be deafening. Okay. You heard about the fact that clowns are now appearing in the U.S. in random places and people are actually starting to get terrified of it? No. Yes. Clowns, did you say? Clowns. Honest to God, Pennywise I... clowns. I never got why people were scared of clowns. Because they're fucking terrifying. Said... Oh, I never got why not. people are amused oh. by them. Right, Amy, here's a hint. If you're going to be scared of something, be scared of something that, like, is legitimately can kill you. British spiders can't kill you. Clowns generally don't kill you. Be scared of, like, something... <gasps> you're right. Just, like, just to clear it up, Han, it's not just British spiders I'm scared of. I'm not fine with every spider from outside 
outside the country. It's just all spiders scare me. So yeah. from that logic, I, I passed that test of yours. Okay, but, but think about how being a clown is actually the perfect disguise for actually killing people. But it's not, though, is it? It is! No, no, I'll explain it to you. You're wearing preposterously large shoes. Right. You're wearing makeup. You're wearing gloves. You're wearing brightly colored clothes. And you have a freaking terrifying smile smeared all over your face. Your props can be anything. Being a clown is the best disguise to actually murder someone. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting for that because Richard left to go to the loo and I was just waiting for, for, it, for you to get back to the point. <laughs> that was, are they hiding under that all that makeup? Have, have you read it? You want a balloon? If I was going to go and murder someone, I'd probably dress up like Batman just to fuck with people's heads. <laughs> yeah, but but Bat- Batman sucks. Like, yeah, precisely. <laughs> Sorry, Amy. No, well, Batman isn't actually a superhero. Let's be honest. He's just rich. Oh? Yes, Batman sucks. Iron Man can take no. him down. That's obvious. Amy, any 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 response? Get off my show. <laughs> Batman's a dud. He's a rich dud. Yeah, get off my show. Well, if you, if you and can't back to the clown. Defend your <laughs> argument, then. I wasn't expecting to have to defend Batman. I thought that was just. <laughs> you don't. You thought, can't. You thought that of all people, Batman would be safe. Yeah. I actually want to explain about the clowns because they're just popping up everywhere in the U.S. and people are actually telling their kids to stay away from clowns out of fear that it's either a really weirdly elaborate prank or that people may actually be kidnapped. Due to clown attacks? Well, we are 31 days from Halloween, but we've already gotten warnings about creepy clowns. They've been spotted across the country, and now there are reports of some popping up here in the island. Police say they got two calls Wednesday night from people reporting seeing creepy clowns. Now, one report was from North Babylon, the other in Brentwood. This tweet right here, this is from Wednesday night. It says, quote, everyone, please be careful driving tonight in Brentwood. I just witnessed three men dressed in clown suits on Comac Road coming toward my car. I think clowns are an excellent way of disturbing and, and upsetting people. Coolerophobia. Coolerophobia. The fear of clowns. The well-founded and wise fear of clowns. They all float down here. Have you guys seen the new Pennywise? No, I want to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send a picture through Skype. Give me a sec. He, he's terrifying looking. I can't wait for the new movie. He's not Tim Curry though. No. It's true, but I can't wait for the new movie. I would love if the actors who played the kids in the original movie from. 1990 would now play the adult versions. I I never I never found it scary. I have to say, it's not actually a scary movie in my concept. It's just really cool the the way they move back and forth. Okay, the picture's on Skype now. Check him out. Well, hello, nightmares. Ah, oh, that's oh, pretty that's fucking cool. awesome. Yeah, he looks so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's properly scary. I say he looks cool. I'm gonna be crying in the cinema watching it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
good crying I think that's and my, clutching your massive stitch. That's my Halloween outfit sorted now. Are you going to walk around with balloons then? I have been told I am not allowed to walk around the remote lanes near where I live at three in the morning dressed as Pennywise already. Who told you that? Why oh, would anyone tell you that? Almost yeah. everyone who knows that it's a popular trucking route and thinks that I might be responsible for scaring some truckers. <laughs> they know it's brilliant. <laughs> Just pop out of the trees dressed as a scary clown with a load of balloons just to be caught in the headlights as they flash by and then hide again. I don't think that would disturb anyone. I think they would be enriched and amused by it. We all flow down here. (laughs) (laughs) I can see the deadlights. The next topic we're going to discuss isn't a pleasant one. The nature of talking about the news means that every now and again we're going to have to talk about some very tragic events and this is one of those times. As such, I'd like to give a little warning to our listeners that the next section is going to be dealing with the suicide of a young transgender person. Please, if you feel that you don't want to listen to this topic, skip on to the next section. I promise none of us here at the show will hold that against you. The death of Kyla Prescott. Kyla was a young transgender teen. He was suffering from suicidal ideation and he was taken into hospital in San Diego. He was taken to Randy Children's Hospital San Diego, uh, which incidentally has a gender management clinic which treats children with gender dysphoria. But Kyla's mother's saying that whilst he was there, hospital employees and staff referred to him as female throughout. And shortly after leaving hospital, he took his own life. At the moment, Kyla's mother is looking to take legal action against the hospital. I've seen this story going around from both sides of the argument where people are completely completely on her side for this and saying that the hospital were in the wrong and then there are people who are saying that she shouldn't be she shouldn't be suing because xyz the the common thing i've seen is well from a medical point of view they need to refer to him as female because it's on his medical charts and all stuff like that so it's no <laughs> wrong that's that's not how this works yeah that's that's really not how common sense works I'm just reading it, and Kyla's legal name and gender change were were noted in his medical records. Yes. So saying that for medical reasons they misgendered him is bullshit anyway. Carlos is in a psychiatric hospital. He is under psychiatric supervision. It doesn't matter what the bio says. It depends on his psychological perception. And if he says his name is Kyla and... He's a boy. A psychiatric crew should treat him as a male patient. Mm-hmm. According to this article as well, at one point an employee said, Honey, I would call you a he, but you're such a pretty girl. I mean, fuck's sake. Oh, you know, why do you want to do that to yourself when you're so pretty? Oh. Yeah. And those are the comments that made him kill himself. Yeah, and it, it speaks to this whole thing that there's been arguments recently about about trigger warnings and stuff. Mm. Um, and there just seems to be such a. I mean, I've seen people who've said like, oh, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to put trigger warnings on stuff and blah blah blah. And it's like the thing about human beings is we're like sandstone in the sense that if you blast us with water, we will we will disintegrate. If you blast us with trauma, <coughs> we will disintegrate. But if you drip tiny little bits of negativity and horrible shit onto the tops of our heads for long enough we will also disintegrate and that's kind of more insidious that it's these tiny little drips that oh there might have been one person in the audience who was offended by because i mentioned suicide but that's just one yeah but you don't know that that that's not 
the final drip that actually completely disintegrates a person. Well, that's the whole phrase, so it sticks in stones. But the point is that a lot of people are just... Well, words can't hurt you that much, but that's the that's point. That's not true. Words hurt far more. If, if words have been drilled into you for so long, it will hurt way more. Yeah. And it's like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may kill me. Oh, they, they just bullied him with words. And it's like, oh, well, you know, that's absolutely fine because it's not like words can completely disintegrate your sense of self. Obviously not. That's, that's yeah. exactly not how human psychology works. I, it's not like we have feelings at all. It seems to be a clear-cut case, especially because they actually, the, the hospital blocked his mum's calls because she kept ringing up and saying, can you stop misgendering my son, please? And they blocked her calls so that she couldn't even support him. Hopefully this will actually raise the profile and make people realise that whether it's intentional misgendering or... or and Because I'm assuming that that person who said, I would call you a he, but you're such a pretty girl, I'm assuming it was a female, they wouldn't have been saying it to hurt Kyla's feelings. They probably genuinely thought that they were doing the right thing. But that's not an excuse for being ignorant towards somebody's pain. Common sense is something that a lot of people do not have or use. It's stupid and it sucks and it's just a waste of a life. And preventable as well. That's the real tragedy. Yeah, if, if people um, are just a bit more mindful. And it's just, it's so, so common. Yeah. That's the thing as well. I wish I could say this is the first time I've seen a story like this, but it's not. I wish I could say it's the first time I'd seen a, a person of that age take this kind of action, but it's not. And it's just... It's too common amongst the entire community as a whole, and even more so the transgender community, and, and it's stupid, and it's preventable, and most suicides are preventable, and the fact that people ignore mental health and ignore the impact that they themselves have on anything regarding mental damage is, is insane. It, it's ridiculous, and frankly, it's just... You're infuriating. Yeah. I I stand by that mother. She did not have to lose a son for them to get off their high horse. Let's talk about the Pope. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the Pope saying that gender is indoctrination. Yeah. Which is the complete set of what it is. The way that we approach gender at the moment is indoctrination. Telling people that there's an alternative is the opposite of indoctrination, you fucking dumbass. There you go, I've said my piece. As a Jew, I object not only to his words, but to the Pope. Oh, well, yeah, as an atheist, I object to the Pope. What I object to most is the fact that people are still telling... And not even religious people, but people I know who are like us, they're lefties, they they go out and they try and learn things, are still turning around saying, oh, but he's the nice Pope, he's preaching for tolerance, and he's doing all these good things, so just, you know, back off, you know, he's the good Pope. It's like, no, yeah. he's not. Just because he's 1% better, there's still a fucking long, long way to go if it's ever even going to get there because whilst you've taken your fucking life choices from a book that's from a book of fiction that's 2,000 years old, you're never going to be reasonable. It's a great fairy tale. It is. It's it's very um a soap opera y. Yeah. It's, it's like, he raped me, so what are we going to do about it? Well, we'll lock you in his bedroom and uh, deal with it in the morning. I'm really poor. What should I do? Well, obviously, so your your girl children, they're useless. 
So, um, this woman just survived the war. Uh, what can I do with her? You can rape her and take her as your slave. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm having my period. What shall I do? Well, obviously you need to sit in a room and not wash for a week. Well, what should I wear? Well, you can't wear mixed fabrics, that's for sure. Shellfish were miles and miles and miles away from any sort of water or coast without refrigeration. Don't eat shellfish. It will be horrible and kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm quoting from the Bible here, a really topical source. Whenever a woman has her menstrual period, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. Anyone who touches her during that time will be unclean until evening. Anything on which the woman lies or sits during the time of her period will be unclean. If any of you touch her bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If you touch any object she has sat on, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. This includes her bed or any other object she has sat on. You will be unclean until evening if you touch it. If a man has sexual intercourse with her and her blood touches him, her menstrual impurity will be transmitted to him. He will remain unclean for seven days, and any bed in which he lies will be unclean. Uh, blah, 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 Wait, blah, blah, they blah. haven't specified when that bed will be clean again. No. Because all the other things reset in the evening. <laughs> That's when the spell wears off. But it doesn't specify when Midnight. the unclean man's bed resets. What happens if you change time zones? <laughs> this is this is like the gremlins thing all over again. It's like... You could be unclean, but then you could travel far enough that it's evening just two minutes afterwards. I think it works in it like if you start in a specific time zone, it ends in that time zone. Plus, at that time, people didn't actually move from one time zone to another because how? Of time zones. Um, but I do think that once you wash the bed sheets, the bed is clean again. So even if you are unclean, the bed sheets were clean. So the bed is clean yes. again. I think plus, there is things that the bed sheets clean themselves because it says until evening. It doesn't say anything about clean your bedsheets. Plus, the gremlins rule is weird because isn't it always after midnight? Well, gremlins are clearly aware of time zones. Yeah, so what, are you supposed to take the gremlin to a place where it's constantly 11pm? Yes. And then feed them? Yeah. Your life will be in constant motion for something that has no actual help or doesn't actually do anything. You're saying that a gremlin is functionally useless. It is. Get a dog and feed it whenever. <laughs> you know what? I've been so deep in reading Leviticus, I just came back into that conversation. It's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? I don't even know what Leviticus is in Hebrew. You guys just randomly picked up names to each book. Well, I think, wasn't it translated like three times and made into something completely new? Which is why you see Christians and Jews just fighting over this book constantly because they're like, this is the real one. No, this is the real one. It's like, this one went through 800 translations. That's not even the same book. Well, this is why we need a time machine. So someone can go back and find the original book and then settle all of the arguments and there'll be world peace. As long as whoever's got the time machine doesn't do hands method and goes back and prevents Jesus from being born. Although that, that might be a good thing. He would have to be non-fictional for me to do that. <laughs> we actually talked about this. Come on, guys, have we learned nothing? We're English, we don't learn anything. No. 
okay, I'm Jew. I learn from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Don't go back problem. in time <laughs> and kill the baby. I wasn't talking about... Right, okay. Well, if you kill Jesus in his 30s, you're kind of missing the point. Okay. I'm not talking about killing babies. Number one, not talking about killing babies. Number two, I'm not talking about getting in a time machine and making sure people weren't born. That was Amy's idea. Uh, expanding on your comments. The, the, the entire crux of my argument was, in my mind, it's nicer, rather than wishing somebody dead, to wish they'd never been born. That's, that, that was basically the crux of that argument, and then, and then it just went way weird. Which is fine, but I wasn't talking about time travel or, so what or killing babies. So what you actually want to do is, is sneak into Donald Trump's father's bedroom and just apply a condom really quickly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to touch any Trump dick. <laughs> it's okay. He will make you sure you see it regardless. Oh. Oh. His normally sized penis with his normally sized oh, hand. There is a wall around this penis. There is a wall around this penis. There should be a little sort of score counter for this. Just how many times can you say penis in the same episode? You should do a competition for all our for all our millions and millions of listeners. At the beginning, you should say. You need to guess how many times we're going to say penis in this episode. <laughs> I would like never to say again Trump penis. Well, you just did. If you say it really fast, it sounds like you're saying Trumpiness. If you say it three times, it will appear. And if and you say and if you say it slightly wrongly, it sounds like you're saying pianist. You just made my piano a dirty thing for me. <laughs> she's going to go over there and instead of seeing keys, she just sees penises. You guys are dicks. Gives a whole unity <laughs> to the fucking tinkle the ivories, doesn't it? <laughs> Next time I'm in the UK, I'm just going over to where you guys live to kick you. Why? You what? just sold my instrument. Oh, it, your instrument's fine. Unlike Donald Trump. <laughs> I apologise. I don't think that your piano looks like a cock. Pan, I will kick you in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, I will kick you using my apparently pianistic dick. <laughs> My phallic piano. Your phallic piano. <laughs> That's a really good band name. Phallic piano. Phallic piano. Should we do the Should we do the the disability one? Because I'm going to get angry about that. Yeah. So the news about a new bill that a Tory Lord is trying to put through to open the door for privatisation of children's services for what is in this country classed as looked after children and children who are vulnerable, which also in this country is also classed as young adults up to the age of 25. And I work with vulnerable adults, so I look after some people that this may very well affect. And I think it's a fucking, I think it's a terrible idea because anything that's for profit never ever has the well-being of its customers at heart. It is to make money and the, the sector is in financial trouble anyway. And it still is a bit of a postcode lottery as to what sort of levels of funding people get depending on where they live but at least there are things enshrined in law that say people who have certain conditions are entitled to various services whereas there is once that's taken into the hands of a corporation they could immediately say well we don't want anybody who's very complicated we don't want anyone who's very vulnerable they can start putting the same as insurance companies just refuse to to deal with various illnesses and conditions anything when if something like this becomes privatized 
is there's not going to be any safeguards against that happening and there's just going to be massive holes in the provision and it's going to be very difficult for very profoundly disabled people to do anything because their needs are so complex and because it does cost a significant amount more to deal with somebody with profound disabilities um i can just see them saying well the the profit's not big enough we're not going to we're not going to deal with anybody which is dreadful i don't really understand why you need to privatize anything regarding medicine no healthcare and medicine should be a basic human fucking right so obviously politicians will fight against it okay got it yeah i work at a special needs college so some of the people that go to us are school leavers who are having higher education which because of their sensory impairments and learning disabilities is about independent living skills and supported employment and things like that but it's also a day service for people who are deemed as too old for education but it gives them a place to go and have peer relationships and do lots of interesting activities so they're basically not just sitting in a room all day every day with their bodily functions cared for but their minds and their actual quality of life not given a shit about and I think that it's a very dangerous path when you start to privatise things like quality of life because it's it's unquantifiable in a certain way and it takes creativity it takes individualised thinking and person-centred planning to in, to actually achieve this for different people who have different needs and different ways of communicating and different aspirations and if you start to kind of privatise all this they're just going to say well X equals Y and there's not going to be and it's just going to be you, you have this or you have nothing there's not going to be any level of these people are individuals and they deserve the same experiences and the same rights and the same opportunities as quote-unquote normal functioning people. The concept that people get lesser rights because of things that they have no control over, it's like throwing people under the bus. The sad thing is, is up to about 20 years ago, actually maybe even slightly less than that, a lot of kind of disability care was based on what's called the medical model, which is basically a human being is a machine and if that machine is flawed in any way or broken in some way then that part needs fixing but if a building has steps that's not society's fault that somebody with a disability can't get into it it's the person with the disability's fault and then there was a nice shift towards a more social model which is we need to widen the definition of humanity and experience and quality of life and realise that it's not the disabled person's fault if you put stairs in front of your building and you should actually make it accessible for them because why should they not have access to it just because they are differently able to you but I think privatisation is going to put a big dent in that and it's going to start to really highly rigidly look at people and try and define them and put them into boxes and say, well, well you have epilepsy, you have uh, maybe one or two seizures a day, um, X plus Y equals this is what you get, rather than saying, okay, well, this person, you know, he may have two seizures a day, but he enjoys doing this. And, you know, even though it might be risky to take him swimming, for example, it's something that he really enjoys. So we want to, to actually try and see if we can take him swimming. Whereas a risk-averse medical model would say, no, no, because something bad might happen. You know, we might get sued, blah, blah, blah. There's too much monetary risk. Therefore, this person can't go swimming. When corporations get involved in people's lives, they reduce them to numbers. They reduce them to statistics. They reduce them to easy equations and algorithms. And that takes away people's humanity and, and destroys their quality of life. People have always regarded disabled people as burden, which, which to begin with is just appalling. And I don't even know why I'm distancing 
this from for myself because I'm not supposed to distance it. I'm kind of proud of, of being part of the disabled community because there's nothing wrong about being part of this community. Obviously, we, we deal with a lot of shit from what is considered normal or able-bodied people, but the, the concept that ableism is so ingrained is such a big part of everyday life that people are just ignoring the fact that so many people need help and just shrugging it off and it's like that's not my fault Mm -hmm. yeah but if you can do something about it do something about it because that's the point there's another article that amy pulled out for us to discuss which was about featuring disability in kind of advertising and stuff and how channel 4 always do such an amazing job of covering the paralympics Mm. and the advert this year was just amazing and the fact I didn't realise it was actually a competition that they basically threw down the gauntlet to advertisers and said feature positive aspects of disability in your adverts will give you a good slot in in, uh, in the Paralympic coverage for your advertising but that needs to be something that's happening more and more often there needs to be a normalisation of differently abled people we need to see more differently abled people in media and on TV and stuff for people to actually stop it being a taboo and stop people being awkward and, and stop people kind of going oh well how do I react to this person well let's start with treating them like a person and you know go from there but in, until there's more equality of people actually seeing this on media which is where people get their ideas and their view of life from there's still going to be this barrier between between quote unquote normal people and, and disabled people which is a real shame well yeah plus you know the, the fact that um people disregard actual accomplishments made by disabled people. You know, if a professor with Parkinson's makes a discovery, the article wouldn't be about the discovery as much as the fact that such a brave scientist and academia man who battles Parkinson's and has to deal with all that, he's a scientist. Just talk about what he discovered. Yes, and it's... He should take his disability into this conversation. Yeah, I see. I saw something a few days ago on Facebook that was basically people with disabilities aren't inherently inspiring or stronger. You know, they are they are just people and equality means not denigrating them, but also not artificially elevating them and saying, oh, isn't, isn't he so inspiring because he did this despite his Parkinson's? And in certain instances, yes, that is a very good narrative, especially for young people who need positive role models. But whatever disability you have shouldn't define who you are as a person. I know a lot of people disabilities who we keep talking about this and it's like we are sick of the fact that people call us inspiring you just live your fucking life yes it's annoying because i am a considerably public person about the fact that i have asperger's and i'm i'm on the autism spectrum and i don't hide that fact that i am Mm -hmm. and i am part of uh, i speak sometimes not on behalf but as part of the autistic community Uh And a lot of autistic people come and they say that I help them uh, articulate things that they sometimes have issues saying, which is something I am proud to do. Because if I have a voice and I know people who need a voice, I want to help them. Uh But I do hate the fact that some people come to me and say, it's so inspiring what you go through every day. And it's like, I go through the same shit you go through. I wake up, I don't want to wake up, and I go to work. (laughs) 
I don't know what you think I go through. Yeah, to a great extent, it's just people living their lives. And yeah, getting up and going to work isn't inherently inspiring. It's like, if I get a great photo or make a great movie, then you can just come and like two thumbs up. But Mm -hmm. the fact that I go to work at the post office every day, it's like, (laughs) yay. You're my hero. Not all heroes wear capes. Thanks everyone for joining us for episode 4 of Everything Left. We've got some updates to discuss since episode 3. Biggest one, we're on social media now. So you can follow us on Twitter at underscore everything left. Or you can join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash everything left podcast. You can also follow the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Acast, Podbean and a host of other providers. So make sure to check us out. And if you're really, really nice, leave us a positive review. Any positive review would be greatly accepted. If you want to get in contact with us directly, please feel free to do so on Facebook or Twitter. And you can also email us at everythingleftpodcast at outlook.com. We'd love to hear any feedback anyone has on the show. So I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. We'll be back again next week. Thank you to Han, Addy and Richard for joining me once again. You too. Very fun. Thanks for having us, Amy. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. You know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys, and they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you've got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight.
see the deadlight. 